We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am DraftKings Picks and Preview. Coming up towards the end of the show, the play, the best plays lineup, which, with one simple adjustment last week, Finau, Antezala, Thoris, would have been like a top two percentile lineup, so we would have been smoking in that one. But Finau did not only let that lineup down, let me down, probably let a lot of you down out there as well. Remember to smash the like button for the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, sub to the newsletter, where you'll get the finalized picks and extra research. That's down in the description, as is the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League link on DraftKings. It's around 70% full right now. If you want your spot, you best go get it right now. Okay, all the stats and tools and ownerships I reference are coming from FantasyNational.com, so become a member and you can search all of that yourself. Most customizable stats and tools database for golf on the planet, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Ben Raza from AwesomeO.com is on the line for Pebble Beach, the worst tournament of the year. Fun times. It's really not great, uh, but we get this out of the way and then it really gets going and at least we've got got some real good players in the field uh maybe not talent wise but some of my favorite egregious guys at the bottom so i am kind of excited to dig into it well let's start with that it's a three course rotation the cut comes after 54 holes do you have any particular idea of how you want to approach this week is it a stars and scrubs because the scrubs 
I mean, honestly, are they are the six thousand dollar scrubs really that much scrubbier than the seven thousand dollar scrubs? Tell me your favorite two six thousand dollar scrubs in the description. By the way, that would be handy for me so I can kind of parse through that. But I the most success I've ever had at this tournament is stacking courses. Um, even in not only just for showdown purposes, I actually stay away from showdown in this one because it's really no rhyme or reason which of these courses plays the easiest. But um, like stack you know, guys that start on Monterey, start stack guys that start on Spyglass, stack guys that start on Pebble, and hopefully you catch a bad wave somewhere and it wipes out half the competition. Yeah, it's so driven by kind of potential wind and things that can pop up even during the round that I, I think there's a lot of merit to that. So I'm with you. Honestly, I do look at what we kind of just did uh, a couple weeks ago when we had a three course rotation and we had a pro-am there. So there's some similarities to that. It's just awkward. And stars and scrubs definitely help when you get uh, an extra 18 holes, even from your guys who potentially missed the cut. So I'm probably going to open it up. Because the field at the bottom, I agree, there's not that much difference between the bottom and the mid-range, uh, and you can use that to your advantage. Not a whole lot of wind in the forecast for this week okay. early on Saturday, but, I mean, that can always change. We know that. And then it doesn't matter on Sunday because everyone has to play the same course. So we'll see how it ends up going. Just sometimes there's just a weird outlier, like even at, and I don't know if this was because of field strength or because it was harder on one day, as we saw at Amex, that the stadium course played more difficult in round one versus the other four days. That could also be like, when they divvy up these pro-ams, they tend to stack, um, like, for at the Amex, for example. All the good players in the field got to play the stadium course on Saturday, when they were showing that on network TV. It's going to be the same this week, where all the guys who are good are going to start on the other two courses, and they'll play Pebble Beach on Saturday, so they're on TV. So when people tune in, it's not Max McGreevy that they see, it's Jordan oh. Spieth that they see. So I don't know if it was due to it just the elements made it play harder, or it's because like all the crappy people played it the first day. I, don't, I really don't know. There is that. Yeah, not all the waves are created equal. Um who knows? We'll be seeing more, you know, like Larry, the cable guy, as everybody knows. So it's going to be a tough scene. I think you got to do the best you can. There's some things you can't predict. You stack up some things. You, you look for some guys that can dismantle these par fives. You're not going to need length, of course, uh, technical courses. So I think we have some information. At least we've seen this tournament a lot. It's just an awkward one. Yeah, and it's one where course history tends to rear its ugly head time after time. I think it was Ulrich put it out there that, uh, thanks to our guy Jude, that each of the past, I think, 17 winners or something crazy like that have had a top 16 finish at this tournament in one of the three years previous to them winning. So that would be good news. Good, good starting point if you're actually trying to search out a winner here, and I totally forgot about that, and made bets on players that like haven't played <laughs> this course before because I'm an idiot. That's what I do. Either way, let's jump into it. $10,000 range. Patrick Cantlay is the betting favorite in this field. He is also the most expensive player on DraftKings this week at $11,200. Will Z coming off a playoff loss? $10,800. Daniel Hauserberger, $10,500. Jordan Spieth, $10,000. $300. Do you have any information? I'm sure you don't on Daniel Berger's back. <laughs> no, can't. I, at times on shows, I've pretended that I'm a doctor, but I'm not actually. So uh, no, I have zero information. Do you have any information? I don't. All I know is what I saw on the broadcast on Friday and Saturday. He didn't look right. But if yeah. he actually had a back problem, I assume he wouldn't be playing this week. You would think this would be one to maybe... Uh, cross off the schedule now he's obviously had a lot of success here 
maybe that plays into it. But no, I'm interested to see how big of a narrative that plays. Always the ownership uh, becomes interesting with stories like this. But right now I'm treating it that he's good enough to play uh, at the height of his powers. And looking at the projected ownership here with only four guys above $10,000, Cantlay is projected to be the overwhelming favorite when it comes to ownership up at the very top, even being the most expensive player because you get those guaranteed three rounds. And like we mentioned, the 7K and the 6K, not that big of a difference. It's easy to get Patrick Cantlay into your lineup and people seem to be going at that. I could see him pushing... Hell, 25% ownership by the time that we get there, especially because of this burger back thing, where I think the burger would have been as popular as Cantlay because of the discount. But I think some people will be, I mean, some people might not know and don't care anyway, and they'll just take Daniel Burger. Yeah. But other people will be like, eh, I don't quite know it's going to be. I've heard people in California, it's like, it's going to be cold out there. It's like 14 degrees Celsius or something like that. It's like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> we just got hit with minus 20 here. I, I'm yeah. bang- Shorts weather is 14 degrees Celsius. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. But hey, these people are soft. They live in California. What, 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 what do you want me to say about it? It's a golf tournament. They're going to be wearing like, they're going to be wearing toques. And it's going to be like, <laughs> you'd be sweating on the golf course if you're wearing a toque in this kind of weather. Either way, uh, if it is more cold conditions in the morning and they get out early, not great for the back. There's another guy we can talk about that with as well, uh, who tends not to play his best in more frigid conditions, but then all of a sudden just pops up and he's fine anyway. Uh, Will Z, people don't seem to be going back to the well. He's played this tournament twice, has not gone well for him in the past, but... Is this a decent buying opportunity on Zalatoris? I think you're going to get him the lowest. If you just want to hone in on the four north of 10, I think he's going to be the lowest owned. Obviously came as close as you can be to winning. This putter uh, is is obviously the weak link right now. Everything else is fantastic. The ball striking. I don't think this is necessarily the best course, but I also think his two results aren't overly indicative of what we get. It's just, you're paying the tax. So more people are going to do that. Maybe for ownership, I'll do it. But are you looking, I always like to ask you this, of possibly doubling up with two of these guys? Yeah, I was thinking Burger and Spieth. I like Spieth the best yeah. of these four guys. So do I. I played Spieth last week like an idiot. Well, that was, that not, was, a good, that was not a good move. I, he no. Was, not only was he Andercurse, he sucks at the Farmers. Like, he's horrible. It was, uh, I got it from all angles of bad, bad things. It was, it was a, a bad move. And he also went to the hospital, I believe, after uh-huh. round one. That's always fun. So the Ander, he almost, uh, that's a tough scene on top of, what was wrong with him? Yeah, like he a, okay? He had like food poisoning or a stomach flu oh. or something like that. Okay, so he's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, Spieth Burger. I mean, you can do any of these combos, but you're certainly going to have still plenty of salary. And I have some interest in doing that this week, I think. Uh, that's the type of permutation that could be very effective. Yeah, I don't think that I'm going to end up with Cantlay. That's just, I mean, Ooh. listen, I'm going to win or lose. That That's the way that I try to play this. And if Cantley wins, I'm not going to win. That's just not going to be good news for me. And I mean, he's the betting favorite for a reason. But if he's going to be the highest owned of these guys, like there's two, three big fades that I think I'm playing here this week. And we'll see how it turns out for me. It's not going to be great based on the course history of three of these guys but i think just building your lineup slightly differently gets you away from a lot of ownership and it just puts you on a different path with guys i mean no one's as good as Cantley in this field but i think i can cobble together three guys versus the three guys that i'm likely to fade that i think have just as much of a chance of being at the top of the leaderboard by week's end i don't like it mind you but that's just the way that i'm gonna play it you seem very dismissive of that 
No, no, I'm not dismissive. I, I think that one of the things people overlook, it's not just Cantlay, it's, it's who you free up. So like Cantlay plus another golfer, you're going to get two guys uh, that are probably in the middle of those two. And so if you can just survive Cantley nuking, and I think it's a very appealing price. I actually think he could be like north of 30% when this is all said and done. I think he's going to be very, very popular. So I disagree solely because of okay. some of these guys in the $9,000 range that I know that people want to jam in. And I'm seeing that reflected in the ownership right now. So that's why I think mm-hmm. like Zalatoris and Spieth probably end up coming way down because when we get to the nines, you have Jason Day right there. Andrew Kirst this week, Jason Day, by the way. Uh, immaculate track record at Pebble Beach over the years. He's done everything but win. Here he is a second place finish, and just even when he's bad, he tends to play well. Then you have Mav McNeely, Justin Rose, Cameron Chingali, Seamus Power, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Kevin Streelman, and Kevin Kisner. Those are the entire $9,000 range. The only two that aren't going to garner a ton of ownership are Fitz and Kisner. Do you like either one of those guys? I like Fitz. Uh... It doesn't, first of all, I I don't, this is something I try to separate. I don't know why, and it's only a couple of events, he wouldn't be good here. Uh, To me, his game fits what you would want to do here, and he's got no success. So I think it's an interesting spot. He's right next to Streelman, who I have no interest in playing. If he beats me, it's kind of what you were talking about with Cantlay, I'm going to lose. I can live with that. I'm okay with that. I I think I'm going to go to Fitzy. Kisner, I'm, I'm indifferent to, but I will be overweight on probably the lowest owned of the 9K range. And that will be Kisner or Fitzpatrick. It's Fitzpatrick's first start anywhere worldwide in 2022. Does that worry you at all? I think it's an unknown, but I think it just feeds into the the same concept. I'm getting the discount baked into the ownership there. I know he can play. He's got no course history that's successful. He has no recent form. It could equate to a really rough go, obviously. I wish my guy had some reps, but... I'm willing to do that, especially around some chalky builds. You know, if I start like Spieth Day and then you put Fitzy in there, that could really shake up the lineup. And you could theoretically get away with that this week, too, with three guys in the nines, one 10K guy, one bottom nine guy, and one top nine guy, if you're fine with the $6,000 range, which I think that we are this time around. And here's what's keeping Cantlay's ownership down, I think. Day, probably going to be around 20%. McNeely, probably around 20%. Rose, 18 to 20%, Cameron Tringali, 15 to 20%, Seamus Powers, 14 to 17%. Everyone's going to all those guys. Plus they will use Kevin Streelman as well. So you think a lot of people are just going to forego the North of 10 and play three of those guys in a lineup? Yes. All the non-Cantley builds, I could see playing three of these guys. At least starting two with day. Yeah, starting with day. Yeah. yeah, I see that too. I don't, I'm not saying that can't work, obviously, but... I'm not really there. I'm going to try to make it a priority to go get one of the four. Uh, and if I do go balanced, I'm going to probably do it in a different way where I'm either stacking the course. We have to see where these guys are, are matched up. Maybe like Rose and Fitzy. Um, well, that's, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. That, that's one thing I don't want to commit to. Like I say, I'm going to fade Cantlay and I will do that. Like I'll probably play 30 lineups, 15 of all players, and then five for each of the courses. Now on the specific course stacks, I'll probably end up with Cantlay lineups in that. If he is away from some of the other bigger names, or if I need that to fill out the roster, then yeah, he'll end up in those lineups just based because that's a course stack that I'm doing. My objective lineups where I'm just rolling out all of, all of the guys that I think are the best plays here and when put some theory into it, then no, I'm probably not going to play him. I'm also not playing Day and I'm not playing McNeely. 
Ooh, yeah. So, I mean, the nice thing about that, and I'm, I'm living proof now it takes dangerous effects on your health, but if you survive those fades, you can pretty much do whatever you want with your lineups and you're going to have that leverage. So uh, aggressive and bold, but if you get through and it's not like these guys can, you have a lot of room, they could play okay and, and still not crush you by any stretch. So uh, I well, was wondering what you're going to do with Maverick. Yeah, well, I, I'm seeing it as a, like a 3v3 on the field for what I want to do. Do Cantley, Day, and McNeely. Uh, how much How much higher are their odds of outperforming Berger, Spieth, and Rose? Yeah, no, certainly Mar- not. Marginally? Marginally, and the ownership discounts will not be marginal. They will be certainly lucrative. So I, I think that's where you're getting it. And again, in a in a weird format like this, I tend to go a little more game theory. I know it's not the most glamorous stuff to talk about, but uh, there's just so many unknowns at this point in the year and, and a three-course rotation. Give me the discount and ownership more often than not. Do you have any sort of feeling towards power or Tringali? Because I like power the best of the Mav, Tringali, power. I'll use Seamus power this week. Yeah, it's probably just because I'm like, I just like Seamus. I'm just a fan of him. I've been playing him a lot and he's just been great. So I'll probably ride the hot hand. Tringali is someone I've, I struggle with. I, I always think he's overpriced, but he's just, I mean, he doesn't win, but he is, he's a, a quality player and he's been churning out really good results for a while now the issue with a lot of these guys and i don't feel he's been churning out quality results but it does feel like sheamus is trending towards something better if that makes any sense same as mcneely like tringali's playing well but this is how he plays isn't it like is he i, I think about a thousand dollars cheaper and i'm like oh is is cameron tringali really that much different than mackenzie hughes really so this is where I, I try to do this a little and, and maybe I get myself into trouble where I separate guys based on kind of like Cameron Tringali to me is who he is at this point. And he's playing towards his ceiling, but like there's a chance that guys like Maverick or Sheamus, I always use Cam Davis as an example. Or, or just Nito, go. They're just good and they have it. They're about to explode and they're going to find something. Uh, I tend to buy on those guys because to me, they could be wildly underpriced. Whereas Cameron Tringale kind of just is who he is. He's playing very well, but I, I feel confident I've evaluated him correctly over time. Well, uh, here's the biggest trade-off for me. You can play what's essentially around a twenty or eighteen to twenty percent Cameron Tringale or a three to five percent Kisner. Kisner's the better player. Yes, and again, is he is he one fourth as likely to beat him in a head-to-head? I would say no, obviously. So. Uh, I'm with you. Th- these are the options you can do. You're gaining leverage. And I mean, I know it's only a couple rounds, but Kisner at, at Sony was just vintage. He gained in all four categories. His putter was fine. Uh, more than fine. It was, it was really good. So flat nine for him. Good tournament play. And if we really consider what kind of courses the Kevin Kisner can go and win at, this would be one of them. This would be, yeah. Again, you know, these short technical um, can take these apart, dial in the irons, make the putts. I don't, I'm interested. I mean, I'm not interested. It's just the game theory aspect of these ownership discounts early in the year. I think course history and recent form get even more emphasis because we just don't have many data points to go on. So if you have four good rounds for a lot of these guys, it's like Jason day, everybody, you know, Oh, course history, recent form, check, check. He's going to be extremely popular because of that. Yeah. And look, day played really well last week. He ended up in the final group at Torrey Pines and the course history will lead you to him. I just don't feel like there's that much of a difference between him and Rose. And I actually trust Rose more to win. 
I mean, I they, we, we've seen this story before. Like, yes, he looked great. And the putter, maybe he fixed it uh, or he didn't. And it, that's going to be an outlier result on the year. I don't think it's a given that it's it's the former. So I'm not to say I'm not going to have any Jason Day shares. But if you told me you came in underweight on him, I wouldn't think that's crazy at all. And even looking at it, like he did a lot of his damage at the North course last week. Like he gained a bit off the tee. He gained a bit on approach. He gained across the board, but it was like four strokes game putting at the South course. Didn't gain more than 1.2 strokes in off the tee approach or around the green. 1.1, 1.2, 0.9. It's not going to cut it here unless he continues to butt like this. Yeah. I mean, if he's back to like old school Jason day, um, that'll work fine. But we hadn't seen that in a very, very long time. I tend to think that it's not back. It was just more of an outlier on the greens. We'll see. Hopefully that's the case because a lot of people, I mean, I'm not betting Jason Day and I'm not playing Jason Day, so I hope he misses the cut. Plus, he's Andercurse, and that always just makes for great content. 8K range this week. What do we got here? Oh, I'm playing Ke- Christian Bezadenhout, who I also bet at 55 to 1. You could almost, uh, thinking about the player that he is, I feel like there's no better course for him than this setup. Short course, super wide fairways. Oh, I have to hit a bunch of wedges and make a bunch of putts. That's his entire game. And he does it uh, as good as most, uh, if not better. So I'm with you with Bez. I always have an awkward time evaluating his price. Um, he kind of fluctuates, but his short game is fantastic. His putting is is fantastic. It seems like a good course. Do you think to a lesser extent, you could say the same thing about like Lanto to me fits this course well as well. Uh, I would agree with you. Lanto is getting a lot of steam right now, though. Like his odds have dropped from 60 to 40. Uh, I think people looked, I think it was two years ago. He ended up in ninth year. So he fits that course history narrative. He's coming off a, a very nice final round at the South course, which I think caught a lot of attention. Had he have not gone seven under on Sunday, I don't think that he would have this much popularity, but here we are because people are just looking at all the, all the numbers now looking at the placement points being like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Lotto had a really good week. It's like, yeah, okay. We get a really good Sunday snuck through on the cut line, had like a you know, dismal Saturday and then boom, or sorry, Friday, lit it up on Saturday. Now he's like uber chalk. I'm good with fading Lonto, like Hoagie's right there, who you know, we're one week removed from everyone loving Tom Hoagie. I like this course better for him. It does feel like Mac Hughes should, I, I don't know what to do with him, but it feels like he yep. should be good here. It's kind of the argument I took with Fitzy. Like Mac Hughes' tournament history is terrible, but when you think about his game, wouldn't this fit the criteria? Like survive off the tee? do what you do and just be a wizard around the green. And and he's one of the best putters in the world. Obviously that hasn't happened in the past, but I'm not going to be deterred. I'll probably put him in over some of the guys in that lower eights. I think Denny McCarthy also fits this because that guy, he's a wizard. He's an actual wizard around the greens. He never misses. And, and it's, I've learned from my mental health, it's a lot easier to roster those guys and then just watch them make the putts than try to fade them on shot tracker uh, I've given up on that. I'm just going to play Denny McCarthy. That's how I felt about Jason Day at Tory. It was just he just started making everything. I was like, oh no, it's going to happen. Yeah. And I can't I'm fight it like anymore. It. Uh, I'm going to continue huh. to go. Oh, listen, I, there's no way I'm playing 8200 Denny McCarthy. It's just not happening. I I might bet Denny McCarthy. Oh my god, why? Well, you know, it's early in the year. Get my charity donations out of the way, and he's playing pretty good. I will say that he's. He's sitting at 50 to one. That's not the number that I, I'm really 
in love with. I, 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 I think you're better off betting D McCarthy on the corn ferry tour. That might have like more viability here. Yeah. Just, uh, well, you know, the corn, we're going to get to some corn ferry winners in a bit, obviously, <laughs> but mean, you're on the, a, sh- you're on the show for a reason this week. That's damn right. I am I, Mr. Harkins. Uh, I owe him immensely. What about Mito? Nito Mito. He's going to be, going to be the highest known guy of the eights. This guy, he's always popular. He's good. And he's I'm a good player. He is a good player. He, he's, yeah, Chile's got a nice little contingent of, of two, but they're both good. Um, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to go to Mac Hughes and Denny McCarthy over him and try to live with that. I would rather, oh, would I rather? Would I rather just go to Chuck Hoffman and his wonky back who no one's going to play who kind of crushes this course? You could go... Burger Day Hoffman, <laughs> bad back stack. Is there anyone Just else a, we have down here? I don't know. Yeah, we got to find more injuries. Oh boy. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't really know. That's the problem with the eights. Like, there's not a lot of. If you can figure out the eights and pick the right two guys, you're going to be laughing because no one's using these guys. The eights is definitely to me the toughest range but i i like even someone like brian Harmon. i'm not i don't have a good feel of like how much uh the field and the public will like him but another guy that i think all in all can fit what you need to do here and he he did finally mercifully flip the irons after a bad stretch for a while he looked really good at amex with the irons matt jones three top 11s the past six starts here Matt I feel Jones. like he's only good in the. I feel like he's only good in the wind. Is that made up? I think so. I, I to me, he always plays harder courses really well. But yeah, I don't really think it matters. He plays well at Sony. Yeah. So like, who? This is just not relevant. But I, I don't know the answer to this. So who determines who you're paired up with in terms of your celebrity? I think like there's obviously like guys that get paired up with the same guys year after year so maybe if there's like a preference like phil would always play with like the ceo of kpmg uh, larry fitzgerald always plays with kevin Streelman, the, yeah. the number one pro-am duo of all time apparently i still think that bill murray plays with duh points after they won it that one year but so i wonder if you just get like a like does matt jones just get like some random dude i think so i, I think graham mcdowell used to play with his dad with Matt Jones's dad? No, like Matt Gray McDowell. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, I I think that like if you're not, if you don't have like your own celebrity guy, they just pair you up with yeah, whoever paid the fifty k. Like we enough. we could yeah. go play this. We we could pool money together and we could get out there. That would be uh, maybe next year. Make an appearance. We'll make an appearance. We'll play with Denny McCarthy and Mito Pereira, defending champion Denny McCarthy. You better hope so. But yeah, I, I really better. I mean, Matt Jones is an even eight thousand. It's a pretty good price for him. Although there are guys in the upper sevens, I think that I might prefer him. And Bezadenhout is the only one in the eights that I'm for sure playing. After that, I might play none. I might play Jones and Hoffman or Mac Hughes, but I might play none of them. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think the good thing about the eights, you're not going to have to allocate serious ownership to get over on most of these guys. Like you don't need. Uh, outside of Mito and maybe a couple others, some shares here and there will get you uh, a significant position. 
Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted something a bit more nutritious and filling in the morning rather than pounding my body full of carbs and feeling logy the entire day. But that's not been a problem since I started taking Athletic Greens. I have more energy. Uh, I'm feeling full throughout the course of the day, not going back and snacking. And just my energy level is so much higher. I'm getting my probiotics. I'm going to the can a ton. It's great. Feel great. Whole food source superfoods are included. 75 high quality vitamins and aptogens to help start my day right. It's been fantastic. I've been feeling a lot better throughout the course of the day. And people think green juice. It tastes like crap. Now, Athletic Greens doesn't. actually tastes pretty good. I even gave some to Paul. I gave some to my wife. And now I can give some to you. That's coming up in a second, though. But it's a lifestyle friendly. Whether you're on keto or paleo or vegan or dairy-free or gluten, it all works for you. Like You can take it. No matter what diet that you're doing or what your health restrictions are, you can take take the athletic greens. Tons of people are taking some kind of multivitamins and it's important to choose which of the high quality ingredients your body is actually going to absorb. But with AG1 athletic greens, you get them all in one. You don't have to have like 8,000 pills laying around in a schedule for them. Just take athletic greens. You'll be good. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And the founder of Athletic Greens, he founded it when he was experiencing a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to cut to recover. It cost him $100 per day. This doesn't. $3 per day is all that it's going to take. Right now, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mayo. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash mayo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. $7,000 range. Putnam, $7,600. Kucher, who I do like here, $7,600. I, I wanted to bet him, but he's like 50 to one. So I was like, yeah. I bet him. Yo, you already, I got 60, he's, he's 60, 65. Oh, he's 60 to one right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. I bet Putnam at 125. He's 80 at DraftKings Sportsbook now. Uh, yeah, I like Kucher this week. I think a lot of people like Kucher though. Yeah, I mean this, he's got experience here. He looked really good at Sony. Um, the game should fit. He's on the betting card. Uh, it could deter me from playing too much Russell Knox, which is obviously a win in itself. I like Kucher. I like Kirk is, is there. There's some names in the upper sevens. So I like Glover. Glover and Put- Putnam Love. are the two guys that I like the best and that there will be in like, not the majority of my lives, but of the, when I go to the upper sevens, those are the two guys that I'm sticking with. Min Woo is right there as well. Doubt very many people use him, but when you look at the world rankings, he's one of the best players in this field. Yeah, I have, I have trouble with that. Um Probably not, not a lot of people are going to go there, but even to a lesser extent, we've seen this guy get some reps. Aaron Rye, 79. Cust is now on to Aaron Rye, unfortunately. He likes that he wears two gloves. He, he was texting me on the weekend. He's like, who is this guy? I like him. Two gloves. Must be cold. <laughs> Tommy, two gloves. Um, okay. It, it's That's really, not a great sign. But. No, it's, it's really funny because this tournament setup feels at least in my, like how I envision Aaron Rye in my mind based on his Euro tour success as a tournament where he would be much better than at Torrey Pines. I don't know how he was doing it at Torrey Pines. Yeah. I didn't really get that either. And he's another guy I I put into that category and 
and Minwoo Lee could be in here too. Like, I think there's a lot of room where these guys could be like mid 6K golfers or they could be 9K golfers in a year in a field like this. We don't really know, but Rise off the tee is strong. I, he's an interesting one. I, I, I think I would prefer Glover and Kucher and those guys, but it's not like I've crossed out those names either. Yeah, I was looking at Hadwin. Again, shorter hitter, accuracy, make some putts, scramble. That's that's more or less his game. How has he done here over the years? Because, I mean, he had the he's had an 18th and the 39th along with a missed cut. He was playing better golf during the swing season than, you know, he came T25 at the Amex. He always plays well at the Amex. Missed the cut at the Farmers. No real shocker there uh, based on that course setup. I don't hate Hadwin. Then you have, like, the former winners, Nick Taylor and Brant Snedeker. Snedeker's won here twice. He was all the rage last week. Now no one wants him anymore. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly that can happen. I mean, obviously his game fits fits the bill. I don't think people will be really looking to him. What about <laughs> he's been so bad? But like, do you have any interest in Chez? I was I was gonna ask you if you had any interest in Champ. So we should. Uh, we no, just I can't do that. Both not play either of those guys. Yeah, I mean, of course I be... should. I should have faith in. I played Kyle Stanley last week. Like, what am I doing? So did I. Kyle Stanley two weeks ago was okay. And he made me a little money. And then that's that's what Kyle Stanley does. It's a long con. It just made me invest more in him last week. So I, it was as if he, if he got cut at Sony. It was just very, very bad. I can't do Champ. I can't do Keith Mitchell. Uh, Domin? Maybe. I, I, I can see that more than like the, the last week. based on the numbers I'm looking at. The overwhelming chalk in the 7K like lower tier is Matthew Neesmith. Which, okay, now, numbers like Neesmith, he's he's played well at this course. I, I'm good with fading that. I don't, I mean, I don't understand a lot of things, but some of the people that become chalk, just like Taylor Moore, that guy, he's like all the C's, the people love him. And I don't even know, I only know him as a flag because I've, I've still never seen him. Uh, <laughs> these guys who garner that type of ownership, I, I really don't see it. And maybe it's because I'm, like I'm, I'm late to some of these these newcomers, but I'm not drawn to Taylor Moore or Neesmith in any, any large way this week. I'm not seeing all the love for Taylor Moore that maybe you are, but maybe they want to play the Taylor narrative. Vaughn Taylor, Nick Taylor, good news for Taylor Moore, right? Mm-hmm. That's all it takes at courses like this, apparently. Uh, Pendrith Small, you got names down. The, the lower sevens are wild. Now that I look at them, you've got some real characters down here. Oh, yeah. Can you pick the name out of the hat that's going to do it for you? Is it going to be <laughs> Tigawa? Is it going to be your guy, Troy Merritt? Do we want to go with QAnon Scott Piercy? Uh, yeah, he's down here. Burmeester is here. Oh, the Burmeester Mista lady? Get Why him out of here. First regular PGA Tour event that he has played, a non-major slash WGC since the 2016 Puerto Rico Open. So he's, he's rested. Um, Schwab. I mean, you just have such an, a, a ridiculous mix of like small Pendrith types who, you know, Thigala, young guys, little experience, Troy Merritt and Piercy. Then you've got Schwab and Burmeester, Vincent Whaley, Davis Wright. Like what a ridiculous range. People love Grayson Sig this week. Isn't that your guy? Well, his last name is Sig, so yeah. Uh, even okay. on the, he popped up when I did the research show on Sunday. He popped up. Is like, huh? 
Not bad. Not a big hitter. Uh, this is, of course, where I think that he can have a lot of success at. Obviously, he's won on the Corn Ferry Tour in the past. Like, I don't think he's an outrageous play. I just don't. I, I, it's really hard to tell between, I mean, I'm looking at Fantasy National. He's being, he's coming out in 12% of people's lineups right now. Again, it's early on a Tuesday morning. That number is going to mature as the week goes along. I've heard a lot of buzz about him on Twitter. It's like a popular long shot this week. But I have no idea how that actually translates into how many people are going to use him in the giant $20, the giant $5, whatever it might be. Like, 85% of that, those people don't know who Grayson Sig is. So what are we doing here? Yeah, that is the question. I mean, I just, this is a, a range. If I build uh, up top and I have a lot of shares, I wouldn't mind spraying and praying because I think a lot of these guys actually have some upside that just miscut equity is huge. Like, I mean, Charles is there. Is spraying and praying your like weird nun-based porno movie that you star in? That's my uh, my other alias, my non-jazz Raz alias. So you have to get into the late night late night Cinemax to uncover those secrets. I mean. Just when, when I look at this, like, do you envision having lineups that are like three 9K and then three of these bozos? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that, checks, that checks out nicely then. Very yeah, good. I think I even like the guys in the sixes better than all these guys that we just kind of went over. Stallings is interesting to me. Uh, he, this is, this was actually one of my best DraftKings scores ever. I think it was my second best DraftKings score ever was at this tournament when Phil won because I had Phil, Casey, and Stallings all in the same lineup and they were one, two, three. And I think it was a five of six actually that week that made it through. Just Stallings at this course plays well. Stallings on POA. He's, I mean, listen, it's just like the same goobers last week. It's like, you said that Tony Finnau was good because he has good course history. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, don't play him next year then. He's going to come in third at Torrey Pines. You know what I mean? Like Stallings obviously isn't going to be good at this tournament every year, but if we're looking for like weird outliers where he pops up, this is one of those courses. And there's not many you can say that at for Scott Stallings. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that, especially, you know, I always use this theory of guys where it's like, how do they keep their cards? Well, they play really good at a handful of events the majority of the years. And this is one of those, this is a moneymaker for a guy like Stallings. Uh, I, I, I mean, this will probably be the only chance I get. So I got to ask you, will you play Brandon Harkins? Hark to the tale of Brandon and the boy he loves so dear. And they became the best of friends for years and years and years. Of course I'm doing it. This is our, has there ever been a guy who's won on the Corn Ferry Tour and then won the next week on the PGA Tour? Brandon Harkins? Yeah. And then he'll win on the senior. T- like that would be hitting for the cycle. Maybe Phil could do that. But um, I mean, I have to put him in a couple lineups just because this is my guy. I never thought I'd see him again. I I just, I kind of forgot what he was good at. Making birdies and then bogeys. He is a absolute. So truly when you're getting 54 holes with this guy, he's the type, even if he does miss the cut, not that you're rooting for that, of course. He scores uh, streaks, bonuses, numbers, colors you didn't know existed on the little PGA Tour app. We are just like, wow, what does purple mean? Like, that's the type of guy. He scores crazy numbers out there. Not the worst play at 71. I, I will use him in lineups, and I'll use Lipsky in lineups as well. Okay. I have him coming in at 0.4% owned, and I think Lipsky's all right. Like, he's no different than the rest of these guys, except, like, legit no one plays him. 
Yeah, he's an he's an unknown. And I, I, when I was doing my research, the guy I kept coming up with because he's been putting so good as Wyndham Clark loves Poa as well. It's it's just he's another really good scorer. The price is right. The ownership is not going to be there. I'm not drawn to him in any major way, but if if I land there, he would be in consideration for some of those lineups just because of the way he scores. And the putting has really helped him out, especially the last two weeks at I mean, last week at Farmers, he gained 6.7 strokes putting just at the South course. Then we saw him at RSM to end the swing season. He gained 8.3 strokes putting. That was only in three weighted rounds uh, at the plantation course uh, seaside. So he's made six consecutive cuts. The guy's irons are horrible, though, is the problem. But really, he's got that weird combo. He's got the off the tee putting combo. Yeah, I feel like Kramer Hickok is very much the same way. But just like if you look at where he's played well, I guess he has an eighth of the Genesis, a second in Bermuda in his career. Has he played this? Didn't play it last year. Did he play it the year before that? Let me just look up Pro-Am. I don't know what to do with him, but like, now he was 18th here in 2020, 61st in 2019. Gained an approach at Pebble both. Like the, the long hole, like he'll score on the par fives. That won't be a problem. Not a problem at all. And he's uh. I mean, he's an Oregon guy. I think he went to Oregon and he can score. He can score. I like to target these guys because, again, the, the made cut equity is very hard to decipher, but the, the birdie or better, the par five scoring, little things like that, he could really beat his placement points by a significant amount. And that's so important in these tournaments. So Harkins, Clark, and Lipsky. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They're, be they're in the, they, those three names are in the $7,000 range this week, by the way. Yeah, there's what, like 75 golfers, 50 golfers that are, are cheaper than them in this field? Bramlett's there. Everyone loved Bramlett last week. Didn't work out really. He did make the cut, I suppose, but his around the green is horrible. Like really bad, truly horrendous. Yeah, a lot of people were saying that he was, uh, you know, like Luke List light, but clearly, clearly not the case. Well, he's Luke List when Luke List lost his short game because that happened for like a year and a half. Then he got it back. That did. Then he found it. And now he's in, he's going to be wearing the green jacket. Oh my God. Oh, my heart. My heart for Augusta, Luke List. Not in Harkins in a playoff is going to be that'll be the tournament i mean that would be probably the crappiest playoff since mike weir beat len matisse at the masters in 2003 who len matisse he put it in the woods and weir was like all right (laughs) (laughs) i don't know who that is and i've i've seen a fair share of golf truly len matisse it's been a while that was a big moment in uh, canadian golf history all right mike weir winning the green jacket I remember that. I didn't know he beat a, uh, a made-up person. Yeah, he might, he might as well have beat Lee Hodges at this point. Ah, uh, yes, Lee Hodges. Doc Redmond. Austin Eckroat gets Eckrow. the $700 price bump. I, I, I'm playing Eckroat this week, by the way. Is Chapel? I bet, like, I bet Chapel. How about To that? what? To, win. to, 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 to win. just not get hurt, yeah. he's got to be on the back. Yeah, he's, he team, is de- most definitely on the all back team. 100%. Okay, good. Listen, it, it, we always talk about like the discount version of players. Like there's Spieth, and then you have like discount Spieth is Mac Hughes, and kind of like discount yep. Mac Hughes is like Bizadenhout. I, I don't know. Chapel is like the the homeless man's Jason Day. Yeah, I mean we've seen that uh, connection pair out more than once, but yes, he's definitely the homeless version. I'd love to see him healthy. 
68. Um, I mean, he's, he's just with guys that I, I still think like I would rather play chapel than Bronson Burgoon, Austin Smotherman. Oh, Smotherman. I got put onto him at the Amex two weeks ago and he fucked me royally, but then I didn't <laughs> yeah, play I mean, him that I didn't play him at Tory Pies. He was actually really good. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to play the Smotherman. Isn't that a, not like a Marvel character. Isn't there like a, uh, what am I thinking of? Is Smotherman something? I think you're thinking of uh, the large Native American man from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He was the Smotherman. Mm, chief. Uh, no, I'm thinking of like, who's like a, uh, like these high school girls, they like killed another girl because of the Smother, the Slender Man. Remember, you ever hear of that? There's a Wikipedia for people watching the show. Slender Man. It's like a some type of creature. Uh, that was in the news once. Anyway, that's not really related to what we're talking about, but I'm well, not playing this guy. You're not playing that guy? Did you ever Google the Halifax glove guy? Oh, no, I forgot about that. But I'm going to make sure. Yes, Slenderman, fictional supernatural character. Would you, ra- you. would you rather play him or Smotherman? I think I'd go with the supernatural guy. Um, but maybe maybe you pair him up. <laughs> stack them enough. together <laughs> stack them oh boy it's bo hoag uh, i i got names if you want them oh i want them this is where if you can find because some of these guys are going to play well but surrounding them is going to be a miscut minefield well i, I do actually want to have a conversation about ryan ml before we get into this because this is like when I think of courses in my mind where he would play well, Ryan Armour would play well here. I mean, the Von Taylor, like he was good. His irons at Sony, again, it's only four rounds, but they looked quite good. He couldn't putt at all. Um, and that's fine. He's got experience here. He's gotten plenty of reps. I think he's one of the state, like Hubba Hubbard. There's some names. Oh, there, there we go. Now, now we're into Pat territory. So I got Kadira. Eckrote, Chapel, Hubbard, Jimmy Walker, Nick Watney. Nick Watney. Yeah, oh yeah. He's gonna look very surprised at all times at every shot like this. <laughs> I I didn't scroll that far down. Yeah, I think he's sixty-two hundred. Um, yeah, sixty-two hundred. Peter Uline. Okay, let's let's not go crazy. Okay, <laughs> Nick, Nick Watney was probably too far. Peter Uline, really? Uh. What? Okay. Is there a chance that Bill Haas is starting to get it together a little bit? Oh my God. Maybe he was not that bad. Two weeks ago, missed the cut. Then he made the cut at the farmers. That's how I kind of felt. That's the same. Only reason I'm using Jimmy Walker because it looks like he's not back, but it seems like he's getting better. I mean, there's not like, I looked at Kevin Tway, not going to get there. I looked at Chase Seifert, my boy. Don't think I'm going to get there. I also don't know how low I need to go. Well, it depends on what you want to do. Do you know who loves gaining strokes on approaches? Number five in this field in strokes gained approach over the past 24 rounds. Sangmoon Bay. Luke Donald. Ah, Luke Donald. Where is he? 64, 6,500? Ooh, what a range. Haas, Donald, Tyler Duncan. Gleeglick? 
and Curtis Thompson, who I, I don't know who that is. Gleeglick. Gleeglick. Oh, he's another Canadian. Yeah, 6400 bucks. He's with uh, Jared Wolf. Uh, I mean, per Fantasy National and the numbers that I have run, they do enjoy Max McGreevy and your boy, 4chan. Oh, yeah, 4chan is here. He's doing it for poor old Bio Kim, who's still suspended. Yeah, but there's um, a, but Tom Kim is the same number as Joaquin Neiman over in no same number as Jason Kokrak and Kevin Na in Saudi Arabia. Remember, remember the Tom Kim week? And everyone, oh yeah, and, but he didn't have his like, but it wasn't Tom Kim. It was like his Imposter. actual name. People were like, "What's going on here?" Slender Man. Um, who the hell is John Murphy? I don't know. He has. There's zero- a couple names. I always I always like to look at the. The guys I've truly never heard of, and we've got well, Ryuji Yamada. If, if you click on John Murphy, his little like player notes next to his name on Fantasy National, it's just a clip of someone throwing Rory throwing his club, and it just says, "Arg, something went wrong." <laughs> well, maybe he's Rory Rory esque. Um, Tom Lehman is in this field. Don't don't play him, people. R- Ricky Barnes. I don't- <laughs> Ricky Barnes, I've said it before, he would have over 20 majors if tournaments were only six holes. Ricky Barnes <laughs> is is four under through six every week, and then he's not even close to a first round leader. Best, I don't in, think you need to go this low. Best in the field from 100 to 125 yards over the past 24 rounds. Ricky Barnes in his stupid <laughs> painter's hat. Ben Crane, doesn't he wear a dumb hat? Probably. I, but th- it's funny because these guys are live this week. Ben Crane, Brian Gay, Brian Stewart. Is Furyk playing? I, did I miss him? Is he in this field? I don't, I don't think he's... DJ Trahan is. I mean, I feel like I've, I've played enough DJ Trahan for one lifetime. It, T-Dunks is I, here. Ooh, Brian, yeah, Brian Gay, Jonathan and, Burr, Cheka. Andrew Landry. Where's he? Uh, 6,600. Kiradesh? Hmm. I, w- I always thought that Austin Cook was going to be, like, consistently really good. Hey, he hit me an 80-to-1 winner at the RSM. I'm forever indebted to my guy, Austin Cook. But There's he nothing felt, better than that. Where he it's fell like, off the face of the earth. Oh, yeah, he is complete dust right now. But, yeah, he was one of the, like, that was when we first started Fantasy National, and the simulator loved him for whatever reason. So I was like, eh, let's go. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing better when you, you get a random. That was, Bo Hostler was supposed to be that guy for me, and he wasn't because he bad. never won. He's bad. Yeah, he's not good. He's in this field, though. That's how bad I know. Is. Him and Baddeley. Well, it's not an alternate event, although it has the field strength of an alternate event, so you can't play badly. There is one guy that we should probably talk about because he ranks number five per my numbers over the past 24 rounds. Do you know who that guy is? And he's in the sixes? Oh, yeah, he's 6,600 bucks. Cameron Percy? Oh, yeah. Okay. The Iron God? This guy... Hey, uh... Luke List just won on the PGA Tour, mind you. This is true. Um, Cameron Percy. 
I don't know about this, but there's no safety in the sixes. I, I think it's it's just a range where you're gonna have to take some chances, and I'm okay with that. I think you're gonna get the three rounds. Some of these guys are gonna make it. I don't. I I'm gonna try to stick to the upper sixes, not the low. The lower sixes to me is a wasteland. Twenty first miscut ninth in his three previous starts at least those last three starts at this tournament so for Cameron Percy. he missed the cut at the sony open that was his only start of the year so far gained two strokes putting in two rounds which is just mind-boggling if you go look at his numbers but i don't know i i feel like where he doesn't have any recent data like before that he had played bermuda before that he played in the first event of the swing season that was it i don't even know if he has a tour card anymore he just you know, they're, they're looking for people to play in this tournament so cameron percy is here it does feel a lot like Ryan Armour, a course where he could be really good. It, like the one thing that he does well is really overemphasized at this Pebble Beach event. Yeah, I, again, I think that's the key. This is kind of a unique, awkward event. So I can, I think you can make a real case for some of these guys. You just got to be careful to not have too many of these uh, somewhat aggressive flyers. I, I don't know. Like, like what, what do you really, let's say I'm playing, let's say I throw out the core stack stuff. I'm just playing 30 lineups overall. Have each of these guys in three of them? Like Hubbard, Walker, Percy, Chapel, like McGreevy, Watney. Who cares? Like what, what's the difference between picking six of them and picking two of them? Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> the thing that's nice about these guys, unless you're seeing something, do you think anyone, and I know it's all relative, but like, in the 6K range, is there anyone even amassing somewhat normal ownership? Or do you think it's just going to be a very flat range where no one sticks out? I think it's going to be completely flat. So uh, do I. Let, let me just check. I, I, can go, I can go check on this for you right now. That is something that I have the ability to do. Let's see here. 6K range, 0%, 0.1%, 0.1%, 0%. Ooh, 1.8% for Brian Gay. 2.9% for your guy, Chase Seifert. 7.7% for Cameron Percy, but that's because people are running numbers on Fantasy National. That's not really what it's going to be. 7.1% uh, for Hubba Hubbard. Again, that's a Fantasy National play because the numbers really like him a lot. Smotherman, 5%. <laughs> people know. Eckrote, uh, um... 7%. Kadira. I actually might bet Kadira to win. He's my guy, man. He played you are well. the Kadira Whisperer. He played well, I mean, once, the one time he was ever good. Although he had his run last year, too, that I was on. That was nice. He had, like, four straight top 20s. Three the other thing I like about... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, three straight top 20s, sorry. The thing I like about Kadira on Fantasy National, his last name is all in caps, and he's the only guy that has that. That's how you know he's good. It's Like, he's just straight bolded. It stands out. Yeah, it's uh, Satoshi Kadira! Yeah. That's how you know to play him. That's why he's good. Anyway, yeah, I'm just going to mix in these guys. Listen, I'll probably cap out at Harkins at 7,100 bucks in most of my lineups because I'm not using Cantlay. I'm not using Zalatoris. Like, I'll probably start most of my lineups with Spieth. So if I'm doing that, then, you know, we'll probably be good to go. I don't need to go down into that range unless I want to play, like, four guys above $8,000, which is feasible, I suppose. It's definitely feasible. I mean, this is going to be... This is going to be a weird build. Um, God, you know what we didn't mention? We mentioned about 60 guys. <laughs> Ryan Moore has been awful, no, but in pass, theory, no pass. Oh, okay. That was easy. Just don't do it. Ryan, yeah. I've done it so many times. Yeah. 
Ryan Moore is like drugs. Just say no, man. Yeah, crocodile. Um, but all right, I could say no. I'll pass. Now he'll win. Yeah, probably, but play the best plays. Are there best plays? As I say, you I can't wait to hear we might have to go to the back lineup instead. Um how the do, best plays. I I feel like it starts. Day McNeely Tringali? It's definitely, in my opinion, at least two of the nines. So Day McNeely Streelman, maybe? Then it leaves you with 71 per player. So if we can find like the 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 best play 6k guy then you can get up to that like kucher range i think if that makes um sense. yeah the kucher range like Nisa. yeah the eights really don't have anyone that would be on this lineup mito i i suppose sig is in this lineup because a lot of people are using him knee smith like those are probably two guys to throw and we'll see what we're left with sig. after that knee smith and sig at 7,000. So that leaves us with 69. I think Dave McNeely is going to be a really popular start. Yeah, it's... What about... We could go Mito or Mito instead of Streelman. What about Mito Kucher? That works. 100 bucks on the table, too. Dave McNeely, Mito, Neesmith, Sig, Kucher. Yeah. That doesn't feel like I played the best plays lineup. It, it certainly does not, but I'm clicking. Hey, Sean O'Hare. Um, <laughs> My guy at the Caddy Network told me to play Sean O'Hare this week. I'm not going to do it, but. Sean O'Hare has made me, I mean, it was many, many, many years ago, but Sean O'Hare has been on some good teams of mine over the years. I always liked them. So there's the play, the best plays. Can we come up with a Pat Ben, like really stupid lineup? I mean, that's going to that. be all of the lineups, <laughs> but. Let's see yeah, here. all the non-plays, the best plays lineup. If I if I was going to build one of those Spieth teams that I talked about, Spieth, Rose, Kisner. Let's start. And that means I can okay. play... <clears throat> Who are the guys that, that I like down there? Let's see. Hubbard? Per, uh, Percy. Play Percy. Play Percy in that lineup. Percy. All right, now we're back to 72 per player. Can we get where is Percy? 66. I think they removed him from my player pool. Smart. That's probably for the best, actually. Okay. And we could play Chan Kim McGreevy or Watney with one of those guys. McGreevy, 6,300 bucks. Now we have 8,200 bucks all of a sudden. Oh, this is this lineup is outrageous. Hey, for Denny McCarthy. I was going to say Matt Jones or Charlie Hoffman, but sure. Um, If I, yeah, this is if I put in Bizadenhout, I took out Percy. Ah, 6,100. Is there anyone at 6,100 now? Where what? are you? What's that? Heath Rose, Kisner, Bez. Could I get off? Could I get off Kisner? Is there someone like slightly less than him I could use? Oh, I see what you did. Watney in a blank. Yeah. yeah, this is outrageous. So if I take out Kisner, I have 8,900. Lonto, Spieth, Rose, Lonto, Bezadenhout, Watney, and McGreevy. There's the team. $100 left over. Boom. Money, please. Money, please. Grayson Murray. No. No Grayson. No. No Grayson. 
Are you playing in yeah. the 19th hole contest this week? That's $3,180, 100K to first, 100-person tournament? Uh, uh no i don't think so it's a nice structure that feels like a tournament you'd be all over yeah i i haven't been playing in those my general rule is post super bowl like waste management i start to donate more um maybe we'll see uh see how college basketball betting goes this week yeah i mean it's a 100 person field top 20 pay oh it's a sick tournament i mean 100k to first 50k to second 25k to third 15 and then 10 to 5th and 6th. That's actually not bad. No, it's a perfect structure. I've I've played in that over the years a little bit and uh it's awesome and it's it's nice cuz like you get a guy, you know, say you get someone who's 4% owned. That means four people have him. Like it's not it, you're you are quickly leveraged. Um, you can make some cool stands and get very aggressive without being stupid. And that seems like one that you could win with a 5 or 6. If 100%. You, like if you had Swafford 2 weeks ago at two percent or whatever you would have won you you really can there's i've played in that before where there's only a couple people with six even on a, a non 54 hole cut where there's only you know one or two six of sixes and it, it's a, it's a battle so it's a cool different type of tournament there's always good satellites that's what DraftKings does a great job of it, you know if you don't have that bankroll you can play some satellites into some of those tournaments um and then you end up paying the entry fee in satellites and you don't even grab a ticket like me but in theory, it can be a cheap way to do it. Ben Rosa, you can follow him on Twitter at JazzRazDFS and check out his work at AwesomeMode.com. Got any college basketball plays for me on Tuesday evening? Oh, it's a great night. Kansas tonight. There's a lot of good games, though. No joke. Um, Kansas? Some, I want to bet Kansas? Yeah. You want to bet Kansas. And, and then this team, they may never get in the tournament. But if they do, there's a little school in Rhode Island called Bryan. And I, I love this team. What, what's the spelling of Brian? B-R-Y-A-N? T. Oh, Bryant. Bryant. Don't sleep on them. They'll be like a 16 seed. And they'll probably get destroyed by someone very good. But there's a lot of college basketball betting over there. Uh, it's a ton of fun. Me and Matt Kajewski, we will have you covered there. And, of course, golf, PGA, NBA, all the sports. It's a, it's a good old time, a great community. All right. That'll do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Play. In the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League, the link is in the description of the video and podcast. Sub to the channel, sub to the newsletter, smash the like, and rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please help us out over there, fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself 20% off all the stats, all the tools, the ownership projections, the simulator, most customizable stat database on the planet. Let's go Satoshi Kodaira, all right? I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.